0: Were you trying to get crazy with a C? Eh? Don't you know I'm local? <coughs>
1: friends. It is June 16th, 2021 and you are tuned into Canadian Patriot Radio. I am your host Critch. Now, we are on a completely different setup today to try and make this whole show work. So, just a little bit of update on the CPR news. I'll fill you in on what's actually going on here. Um, <clears throat> my computer just did a simple uh, Windows update. (laughs) I wish it was something more heroic that I could tell you like I got hacked or uh, someone uh, got into all my stuff and crashed my system but unfortunately no it was a it was just a simple Windows update and um, it pretty much rendered all my programs and my ports and drivers useless. Um, Nothing was compatible with it I myself tried to fix it for a couple days and now I've got a computer shop involved in it. It's even got these these pros or the geek squad, whatever you want to talk call them. Uh, it's even got them stumped uh, at just how bad it really is. <laughs> so why <clears> it <throat> decided to do that, I don't know, and uh, we're just gonna we're just gonna get get through it. So what we're doing is we're on uh, right now I've borrowed day9 Satan's computer. And I've got everything uploaded to her computer, um, and we are going to see how this goes. So hopefully this doesn't sound too loud or distorted. Um, as you guys know, every computer is absolutely different, and to get everything to work the same is almost impossible. So I'm trying this with, uh, like I said, with Day computer, and hopefully we don't mess hers up. <laughs> and have her computerless as well as me. <laughs> But I don't think that shouldn't, be, that shouldn't happen, so we'll see how this goes. So what are we going to do first here, my friends? We are going to focus on the fact that the Shermans seem to be back in the news. Now, this first story comes to us from the CBC. And the title reads, Supreme Court rules in favor of unsealing Sherman estate files. Trustees, beneficiaries of slain billionaire Toronto couple fought to keep documents private. This is by Christopher Reynolds of the Canadian Press. It was posted on June 11th, 2021. The Supreme Court of Canada has ruled that a trove of files related to murder victims Barry and Honey Sherman uh, be unsealed and open to public access. The unanimous decision found that the trustees of the wealthy Toronto couple's estate failed to establish a major risk to their safety and privacy. And that, the, and that public interest and the principle of open court proceedings require unlocking the files. In this case, the risks, the risks to privacy and physical safety cannot be said to be sufficiently serious," Justice Nicholas uh, Kassire wrote. The sealing orders should not have been issued. Open courts can be a source of inconvenience and embarrassment but this this discomfort is not, as a general matter, enough to overturn the strong presumption of openness. In June 2018, a lower court judge issued an order protecting the files which concern the appointment of estate trustees and would ordinarily be available for public inspection. The order stemmed from the notion that individuals named as beneficiaries or trustees of the estate would be at risk of harm because the Shermans were found slain in their home. That decision has now been set aside, affirming an appeal court ruling that lifted the sealing orders and marking a win for Toronto Star reporter Kevin Donovan. Donovan, an an appellant along with his, his newspaper, applied to have the files opened up and wrote extensively about the case over the past three and a half years. Found dead in 2017 Barry Sherman, the billionaire chairman and CEO of pharma- pharmaceutical firm Apotex Incorporated, was found dead with his wife in their house on December 15, 2017, two days after the homicides. The couple were philanthropists and well-known members of Toronto society, sparking in, uh, intense interest in their deaths and the resulting police investigation. Autopsy results reveal that... Uh, the couple died by ligature neck compression and police have said there were no signs of forced entry. The family hired its own team of private investigators and offered up to $10 million for information that would help solve a case that shocked the city and made international headlines. The killing remains unsolved and the investigation is ongoing. Toronto Star publisher Jordan uh, Bitove stressed the importance of independence and trusted journalism in our country. The court made clear today a fundamental point about the principle of open court proceedings. We are pleased that the court has delivered the message powerfully. He said in a statement, Serious invasion of privacy. In a written submission to the Supreme Court last year, the Shermans' estates and trustees contended with the general public interest in maintaining court openness cannot outweigh the serious invasion of privacy and grave physical safety risks posed by Disclosure court openness is protected by the constitutional guarantee of freedom of expression and is essential to the proper functioning of our democracy Cassire wrote in the Supreme Court decision. The, the question is not whether the information is personal to the individual concerned but whether because of, of its highly sensitive character its dissemination would occasion an affront to the dignity that society as a whole has uh, has a stake in protecting. The judge said that while information in the sealed files might well cause inconvenience and perhaps embarrassment, they do not reveal anything particularly private about the trustees and beneficiaries. The risk of bodily harm also underpinned their argument to keep their files under lock and key. There is no dispute that the feared physical harm is grave. I agree with the Toronto Star. However, that the uh, probability of this harm occurring was speculative, the decision states. Uh, Toronto Star holds an, inv- uh, holds an investment in the Canadian press as part of a joint agreement with subsidiaries of the Globe and Mail and Montreal's La Presse. So <clears throat> the reason this is so um, relevant and so um, applicable to everything that is going on in the world today, and I know my listeners are fully aware of this, but um, Apotex was the only Canadian producer of hydroxychloroquine. Now, they, you know there was a little bit of a feeble story fed at the beginning of this, uh, you, you know that he, that uh, there was a disagreement with uh, the Canadian Liberals and and so on and so forth. But basically, it was it was buried under the rug right away. Now, I think, you know, at the t- at the time of these murders. What what who was in Canada that we are aware that she was in Canada when this went down and also keep in mind that these murders were very symbolic Um, from what I understand um, Barry and Honey Sherman were strangled to death Uh, they were placed in chairs they had I believe now don't quote me on this uh, it could have just been neckties but I believe they were red neckties and they were basically killed. With their own body weight. So what had someone, what someone had done was positioned the chairs over the pool so that they were basically leaning forward and uh, basically strangled themselves. Um, now I could be wrong, but that is just a one report that I read of someone who supposedly seen the crime scene, and that is what they reported. So take it with a grain of salt. I don't know that for sure. But the big question mark is right before the the uh, ca- you know Canada and the world went through a. <clears throat> a pandemic, plandemic as we like to call it around here, the only Canadian company producing hydroxychloroquine, its owner and his wife were killed. Now, what I was kind of, kind of scratching at a little bit before was there was supposedly a disagreement, um, because these two were huge liberal donors, uh, throughout their whole lives. They were always giving money to the liberals to the tune of millions. And, um, uh, it sounds like there was something, there was a disagreement with the Liberals, uh, something happened there. I don't know enough about it to comment, but there is that in the background as well. So <clears throat> everything about this whole case is shady. The fact that it's now going to be in the public, uh, we are going to get information about the murders, we are, we, who cares who the beneficiaries are? That's not what we care about. The fact that the um, husband and wife couple that owned the pharmaceutical giant in Canada that was producing hydroxychloroquine right before a pandemic came out, that uh, uh, the virus actually could be cured with hydroxychloroquine is just odd. The timing of that is odd. And what do we think about coincidences around CPR, my friends? We do not believe that they even exist. (laughs) Anyway, my friends, let's get this show started. We'll be right back. So what should I call you? Should I call you... uh
0: Call well, it
1: tooth. You can call
0: me Susan if it makes you happy. There are times in life when being tough comes in handy. Say some geezer collapses in front of you. What do you do? We need a volunteer that ain't breathing. Here's one I made earlier. First thing you do is you check him over. If he ain't responsive or he ain't breathing or he's making noises like
1: this, climate change is real. There is no evidence of election fraud. The Canadian Liberals are doing a great job.
0: Then his heart has stopped working, he's having a cardiac arrest. Look lively. First call 999, then you do hands-only CPR, and no kissing. You only kiss your missus on the lips. Watch, lock your fingers together, knuckles up, then push down, right on the sovereign. down five or six centimeters that's about two inches in old money push hard and fast about two times a second like to the beat of staying alive worried alert him better a cracked rib than in kicking the bucket keep this up till the ambulance arrives so don't forget check him over Call 999 push hard and fast to staying alive it works hands only CPR he ain't as hard as it looks a Russian well, to be technical, he's an Uzbekistanian, but... Uzbekistanian? I've been dealing with those sneaky Russian dogs.
2: <laughs> Give me a name.
0: no enough, Boris. Boris the Blade? Yeah. As in Boris the Bullet Dodger. Why do they call him the Bullet Dodger? Because he does his bullets heavy.
1: <laughs> Alright, welcome back, my friends. <clears throat> What are we going to do next here? We are going to move on to a uh, Saskatoon Star Phoenix article that was brought to my attention by the links, And uh, it's just, it's, it's incredible, this article. It'll be enraging for you guys, as I'm sure, uh, as it was for me, I'm sure. And uh, the title reads, U of S Surgery Professor Questions COVID-19 Vaccines in Online Video. Dr. Francis Christian serves at in a patient safety role for the Department of Surgery and the Saskatchewan Health Authority. This was written by Phil Tank on uh, June 11, 2021. A University of Saskatchewan surgery professor who also occupies a key Saskatchewan Health Authority position appears in a video questioning the COVID-19 pandemic severity and the efficacy of vaccines. Dr. Francis Francis Christian is listed on the University of Saskatchewan website as a Professor of Clinical Surgery in the College of Medicine and editor of the Journal of the Surgical Humanities. Christian is also listed as the Director of Quality Improvement and Patient Safety in the Department of Surgery at the U of S and the Saskatchewan Health Authority. He plays a lead role in a video posted on the controversial hosting platform BitChute, questioning whether COVID-19 is a real pandemic and whether the vaccines work. I think there is a very strange and very sinister thing going on all over the world, Christian says in the video. Scientists are being struck down. He appears in the video with four other Canadian doctors and describes himself as pro-vaccine guy, but questions whether the COVID-19 vaccines are working and calls them an experimental injection. The four vaccines. Now here we go. This is where it gets really interesting, my friends. This this article just. I'll just read it to you because I'm sure you're right away. You guys are gonna know why I, why as soon as the link po- links posted this. I was all over it. <laughs> The four vaccines approved by Health Canada have undergone clinical trials and rigorous and a rigorous approval process both in Canada and other countries. Really Phil Tank. That was the author, right? Yeah, Phil Tank. Really. Where did you get that information from? I'm just curious where that information came from because um how come the experimental vaccine that we are watching being rolled out to the public right now is be- being administered to people in different doses and there's placebo groups in that, in this whole rollout. Phil, tell me why that is. Tell me why that is. We'll get into that a little bit later, my friends. You guys probably know exactly what I'm referencing. But we are fully aware now that uh, the uh, the vaccine rollout is the ex- is the test trial. Um, we know because this is exactly what they're doing. They're giving different doses to different regions and there are actually, uh, excuse me, placebo groups being rolled out as well. So I want to see, I want to see where Phil Tank is getting this information from. Um, that, uh, the four vaccines approved by health Canada have undergone clinical trials and a rigorous approval process, both in Canada. Okay. In Canada, where did that happen? Phil Tank. Because I haven't seen any, any information about that and other countries. Okay, what are the other countries, Phil Tank? Uh, can you can you list them off for us? Could you give us a link maybe in the article? This is an online article. Let's see your research. Show your work. Just like every independent uh, journalist does these days. They give you links. They show you their research. They, they show it all to you. Uh, how come you're just stating? So this is basically just an opinion then, isn't it, Phil Tank? Carrying on. Christian mocks restrictions imposed to limit the spread of COVID-19 as ridiculous and denounces the World Health Organization and the news media as peddling nonsense. I love this guy. (laughs) I'm going to have to interview this guy. (laughs) He questioned how the media reports, uh, reports developments in the pandemic, such as the declining number of cases and deaths amid the vaccine rollout. It was the media that was pushing this nonsense and the media has been lying to us through its teeth from the beginning, Christian says. He urges people to seek out alternative sources for information. He also mentions making fun uh, he also mentions making fun of how COVID-19 deaths are classified by sharing a cartoon with his residents. The College of Medicine and the U of S emailed a statement that stressed the institution's aim to be places where ideas can be shared respectfully and where academic freedom is essential. The university of Saskatchewan is committed to advancing the free exchange of ideas among academics in order to fulfill our educational mission. The email says universities provide a safe place to openly discuss and listen to all viewpoints. So obviously this is an admission on behalf of Phil, Phil tank that he has emailed, uh, the U of S and basically taken, um, Christensen's comments to them and uh, he's, he's actually actively probably trying to get him reprimanded in a roundabout way. You know they're, they're not admitting it in the article but that's exactly what he did. You know if I had to if I had to guess because he, he, he obviously got a response from him. The university defends the rights of academics to research and publish and does not adopt positions on research unless human rights or the law are violated. The email states adding that the university will not comment further on the matter. Oh, good job, U of S. That's wicked. The SHA said in an emailed statement that its team members are permitted to share their personal views according to its policies, but they must make it clear that those opinions are their own and separate from their role with the SHA. With that said, we want to be clear that the SHA does not support or endorse the opinions expressed that cast out on the seriousness of COVID-19, the validity of the science in this pandemic, and the effectiveness of COVID vaccinations, the email said. Well, of course they had to say that. They didn't want to be put in the same uh, same pool that uh, Christensen's now in, where they're going to get attacked by the media nonstop. This is this kind of communication feeds conspiracy theories and misinformation, as well as sends the false message that our healthcare workers at the front lines are somehow faking or making up the loss of life and trauma occurring as a result of COVID. This is not only offensive, but dangerous. It publicly downplays the significant risk of harm and death created by community transmissions of this virus. The email encourages people to read valid sources of information like the provincial government's COVID-19 website or a public health agency of Canada. Christian, uh, Christian could not be reached on Thursday. Bitshoot was created about four years ago as an alternative to YouTube, uh, to the YouTube video platform. Here we go. Many far-right content creators have moved to Bitshoot to avoid the content rules on YouTube. <laughs> okay, Phil Tank, you get the fucking idiot award of this show. Because people are moving to Bitshoot because they have no fucking choice, you absolute fucking moron. They are going there because they are being censored. What an idiot. Like, listen to this frickin' gibberish. Many far-right content creators have moved to Bitshoot to avoid the content rules on YouTube. What a moron. What an absolute idiot. The website's front page on Thursday showed videos on conspiracy theories including several about the COVID-19 pandemic. The one-hour, 16-minute video featuring Christian has been viewed more than 22,000 times according to the counter, uh, counter on the website. Now we should abs- we should absolutely find that in a future show. I was I didn't plan for it this one. I just wanted to give you guys um, this authority, this this uh, Phil Tank, this reporter for the Saskatoon Star Phoenix, this authority on health, and now he's striking down prof- uh, college professors um, with his basically hit piece. It's too bad that Christian didn't uh, didn't respond. But anyway. Um, What an absolute nonsense article uh, full of crap, full of the mainstream media BS that we've seen absolutely everywhere. And now it's in Saskatoon. No surprise. Um, You know, Saskatoon is, is uh, kind of a melting pot of people. You've got everything you've got far left, far right, and you've got the bulk majority, which probably sit in the middle and think both are nuts. (laughs) But I mean, this kind of stuff like this type of writing is absolute trash. Uh, why is a college professor not allowed to have an opinion? Why can't he go o- online and talk to some people or some colleagues or and 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 express his opinion of the COVID-19 pandemic? Why can't he do that, Phil Tank? What what's wrong with that? You you worried about uh him maybe influencing um university students? How about uh the Marxist socialism that we're seeing all around university campuses now? How come we've got um University students coming out that think uh, socialism is good. Do you want? Are you worried about influence? Maybe you should focus on that Phil Tank. Oh, as you can tell, this one pissed me off. Okay, let's let's move on to the next one, my friends. Let's get into a couple articles that would just go exactly against, um, or would fe- feed the misinformation narrative that Phil Tank likes to reference. Now, these are these are coming from uh, legitimate sources, my friends. I'm not, like, picking up the National Enquirer, which actually has more validity than the fucking Saskatoon Star Phoenix now when you've got writers like that uh, writing trash in them, in it. This comes to us from America's Frontline Doctors. What's, what do you think about that, Phil Tank? And the, the title reads, Urgent British Report Calls for Complete um, Cessation of COVID Vaccines in Humans. Urgent British Report. Oh, uh, we just read that. This Now, this comes to us on June 11th, 2021. An urgent preliminary report of yellow card data issued by the UK-based evidence-based medicine consultancy Limited submitted to the Medicines and Healthcare Products Regulatory Agency, MHRA, states that the MH- MHRA now has more than enough evidence on the yellow card system to declare the, the COVID-19 vaccines unsafe for use in humans. Boy, that sure seems to directly contradict uh, Phil Tank's opinion, uh, seeing as he didn't offer any, any research to his opinion. That's all it is. What does what, what Phil Tank got to say about that? Similar to the U.S. Vaccine, vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System, VAERS, the MHRA describes the purpose of its yellow card system as providing an early warning system that the safety of a medicine or a medical device may require further investigation. The report, signed by Evidence-Based Medicine Consultancy Limited and EBMC Squared, CIC Director Dr. T, uh, Tess Laurie, uh, PhD, says, We have searched the yellow card reporting uh, reports using pathology, specific keywords to group uh, the data according to the following five broad, clinically relevant categories. The first one is bleeding, clotting, and um, asthmatic ADRs. The second is immune system ADRs. The third is pain ADRs. The fourth is neurological ADRs. Uh, The fifth is ADRs involving loss of sight, hearing, speech, or smell. And the last one is pregnancy ADRs. The report goes on to say we are aware of the limitations of the pharma pharmacovigilance data, excuse me, that one took a little bit, that's a huge word, pharmacovigilance data and and understand that information on reported adverse drug reactions should not be interpreted as meaning that the medicine in question generally causes the observed effect or is unsafe to use. We are sharing this preliminary report due to the urgent need to communicate information that should lead to cessation of the vaccination rollout Well, a full investigation is conducted. According to the recent paper by Senef and Nye, potential acute and long-term pathologies include uh, pathogenic priming, multi-system inflammatory disease and autoimmunity, allergic reactions and anaphylaxis, antibody-dependent enhancement, activation of latent viral infections, neurodegeneration and prion diseases, Emergency of novel variants of SARS-CoV-2. Integration of the spike protein gene into the human DNA. How many times have we been called conspiracy theorists for just repeating that, my friends? And there it is. In a report placed right in front of the, basically the um, the EU or the Britain uh, health Health Authority. It is now apparent that these products in the bloodstream are toxic to humans. An immediate halt to the vaccination program is required whilst a full and independent safety analysis is undertaking to investigate the full extent of the harms. Which the UK yellow card data suggests suggests include uh, thrombolism. multi-system inflammatory disease, immune suppression, autoimmunity, and anaphylaxis, as well as antibody-dependent enhancement, ADE. The report includes the MHRA now has more than enough evidence on the yellow card system to declare the COVID-19 vaccines unsafe for use in humans. Preparation should be made to uh, to scale up humanitarian efforts to assist those harmed by the COVID-19 vaccines and to anticipate an Ameliorate medium to longer effects, as the me- uh, me- uh, mechanisms for harm f- from the vaccine appears to be similar to COVID-19 itself. This includes engaging with numerous international doctors and scientists with expertise in successfully treating COVID-19. There are at least three urgent questions that need to be answered by the MHRA. Number one: How many people have died within 28 days of vaccination? Number two, how many people have been hospitalized within 28 days of vaccination? And number three, how many people have been disabled by the vaccination? Very powerful, my friends. And now what we're going to do, um, just just to stick Phil Tank in the ribs one more time, we're going to go through some of this information. Now, this is another article that uh, comes out of Britain, and it comes to us by way of the Daily Exposé. Um, and the title reads, it's official. Official data shows more people have died because of the COVID vaccines in six months than people who have died of COVID-19 in 15 months. Okay, there's one of those uh, read-along things. It might save me from actually reading this whole article. Um, the first sentence is, we can officially confirm the number of people that have died due to COVID vaccines has surpassed the number of people who have died of COVID-19. Now I'll let this, uh, I'll let this take over here and we'll see how this works out.
3: Number of people to have died due to the COVID vaccines has surpassed the number of people who have died of COVID-19. However, the numbers are most likely much worse than they appear due to the fact that the data on deaths due to the COVID vaccines has been taken from official data released by Public Health Scotland, and the number of deaths actually surpasses the number of people who have allegedly died of COVID-19 in England the huge difference here? The number of people who have died due to the vaccines in Scotland has accumulated over six months, whereas the number of people who have allegedly died of COVID-19 in England has accumulated over 15 months. According to official NHS data which can be viewed here, as of 2 June 2021, 87,213 COVID deaths within 28 days of a positive test have been recorded in England hospitals, Of these 83,624 all died of other serious pre-existing conditions but were added to the COVID statistics due to having received a positive test within 28 days of their death. When you consider the fact that testing is essentially compulsory in hospitals, despite it not being written in law, and they use the PCR test which cannot detect infection and can find anything it wants to find if conducted at a high cycle rate, producing false positives, it's not hard to see why tens of thousands of people who have died of other causes have been added to the COVID death statistics. Thankfully the NHS data informs us that just 3,589 people have died of COVID-19 within 28 days of a positive test result in England hospitals between March 2020 and June 2, 2021. A number which does not justify 15 months of dictatorial tyranny and medical fascism. So can somebody please explain to us why the medicine regulators have not immediately put an end to the authorities' mission to vaccinate every man, woman, and child with an experimental jab which only allegedly reduces the chance of suffering serious complications of COVID-19? Because according to a report released by Public Health Scotland the number of people who have died within 28 days of having the COVID vaccine in Scotland has now surpassed the number of people who have allegedly died of COVID-19 in England. The report which can be viewed here, see page 8, states that, between 8 December 2020 and 28 May 2021, a total of 3,752 people died within 28 days of receiving a COVID-19 vaccine in Scotland. This means the number of people in Scotland to have died due to the COVID vaccine in just six months has surpassed the number of people to have died of COVID-19 in England hospitals in 15 months by 163. But if we forget the number of Covid deaths seen in England and just look at Scotland, the number of people to have died due to the Covid vaccine in 6 months is almost 7 times the number of people who have died of Covid-19 in Scotland in 11 months. That number stood at 596 according to an FOI request made to the Scottish Government. If we're seeing a similar rate of death due to the Covid vaccine in England then the number to have died could be as high as 25,123. According to an Excel document listed in the Public Health Scotland report which can be found here, 1,289 have died within 28 days of having the Pfizer mRNA vaccine, two people have died within 28 days of having the Moderna mRNA vaccine, and 2,461 people have died within 28 days of having the AstraZeneca viral vector vaccine. Taking the above into account, and considering the fact 86% of children suffered an adverse reaction to the Pfizer vaccine ranging from mild to serious in the extremely short clinical trial, are you really going to allow your children to have an experimental vaccine which they do not need? We are support.
1: What do you think of that, my friends? So the key takeaway there... um, Was this sentence right here. This means the number of people in Scotland to have died due to the COVID-19 vaccine in just six months has surpassed the number of people to have died of COVID-19 in England hospitals in just in 15 months by 163. Now, Scotland, I believe, has less of a population than England, does it not? And they've got more people that died from the the shot than actually COVID-19. Volumes playing tricks on me here. I hope this is not going to be a completely distorted um, episode. So, I wonder what Phil Tank thinks of that one, my friends. <clears throat> so, there's two very, very important uh, articles that kind of link together. Um, you know, anybody that's saying that the th- Anybody that's not paying attention to this whatsoever is probably is just it's it blows my mind that people aren't seeing this. Uh, This is this. You don't even have to look hard to find this stuff. So what is this? What is this doing now? Um, You know, just the other day on June 12th, uh, the United States Senate basically just announced that uh, the coronavirus is a scam. So what we're going to do now is we're going to listen to another uh, clip here of uh, members of the United States Senate, uh, telling us basically what, they, what they're what they up to and what, what they think of this whole thing.
4: Thank you all for joining us today. You know, there has been a lot said about big tech censorship of what transpired around the origins of the COVID-19 virus and where this came from, how it uh, moved to a pandemic, And then there's also questions about what the American people were told and the timeliness or lack thereof of what they were being told. We know that Facebook recently reversed their decision on taking down any kind of information that said it came from the lab in Wuhan, uh, that Beijing should be held to account, YouTube had previously announced that it would um, censor any content that contradicted the Beijing-run and China-funded World Health Organization. YouTube even took down a video from some medical doctors who were questioning the value of these lockdowns and were questioning what it does to the population and especially what it does to our children. Twitter, they locked down the account of a virologist, a Chinese virologist who was saying, this is what they're doing, gain of function research. This is what they're doing in the Wuhan Institute of Virology, holding the Chinese Communist Party to account. Uh, I, I will tell you this, big tech has really stepped over, they have stepped over the line on this one. We all have suggestions of how we as a Senate should move forward, and things that we should do to make certain this never happens to the American people. Senator Braun?
5: Thank you. And i tell you where we need to start. You had a unique thing happen, uh, I think of just last week, where by unanimous consent, that hardly ever happens on a critical issue unless you're maybe renaming a post office or something. We got it through the Senate to ask our own intelligence agencies to release the information that we house. And for as much havoc as this has created, not only for our own country, across the world, why we wouldn't start there with President Biden, spoke to Secretary Blinken, ask him, He said, had no good reason why you would not release that information. We need to start there to get to the bottom of it. And when you talk about big tech being mum on the subject, basically, when you've got every U.S. senator that wants to at least start there, we need to have accountability. And I think it's for them to step up and lead the charge. They are the place that people look to, listen to, where are they at? And we need to start there. Uh, let's hold our own intelligence agencies accountable, release that information,
6: declassify it.
4: Senator Marshall?
6: Okay. Well, Senator Blackburn, thank you so much for giving us a, a chance to sit here and talk about the, the Wuhan lab leak uh, and, the, and the cover up thereof. You know, what we affectionately refer to it as Batgate. You know, it occurred to me, as I was sitting there reading Dr. Fauci's emails recently, that everything i learned in 10th grade science, everything I'd learned as a doctor about the scientific method, about hypothesis and, and, de- and developing theories, that we just threw that all out the door. Um, you know, I was shocked as I went back and reviewed some of the letters that were written, but really what, what rose my suspicion was somewhere back in January of 2020 and uh, the Chinese were saying that there was no person-to-person transmission, the WTO agreed, and the CDC didn't stand up to them. And that led for me to have a phone call with the CDC. And all the national journalists were reporting that the United States scientists were investigating this new novel virus. And when I talked to the CDC, they said, well, we've got scientists in, in Beijing, but they're thousands of miles from Wuhan, so we really don't have anything to tell you. And then the next thing I see is this letter signed by a group of scientists who have ignored even the possibility that this virus could have risen from the laboratory. They, they totally ignored it. Uh, they threw out this, the scientific hypothesis that this was even feasible. And, our, and then come to find out most of those scientists, if not all of them, were receiving some type of funding then and in the future from the NIH. And our CDC sat there and nodded their head in agreement. And then national journalists, big tech companies, that uh, they worked together to suppress this story. They worked together uh, to, to censor those of us who thought that, that this virus may have originated there. And not only did they suppress, they actually shamed people who thought that this might have came from a laboratory. And then finally, we see in Dr. Fauci's emails, uh, a collusion working with Dr. Fauci, big tech working together to suppress this story. You know, here we are, we're 17 months later, we still don't know anything much more about this virus. Um, you know, I, I think that we have to hold the CCP uh, accountable. And if, if the United States is in any way accountable, if they helped fund laboratories that led to the development of this virus, then we need to be held accountable as well. And we need a deep dive into what viral gain of research rules uh, look like going forward as well. You know, we're never going to get to the bottom of this unless we stop this cover-up of the Wuhan lab leak until we stop Batgate. Thanks, Marcia.
4: Senator Johnson?
1: Go ahead.
6: Well, Johnson.
1: Okay,
7: I'll I'll go. Uh, I want to point out that the evidence about a potential lab leak theory has been hiding in plain sight for months. You know, The fact that uh, our federal agencies under the direction of Anthony Fauci uh, funded this type of research for years has been laying out there hidden in plain sight for months. Shame on the media, shame on the social media for not paying attention to it, for completely ignoring it. The, re- the result of this 18-month gap of fully exploring the, the true origin of, of the COVID virus probably means we'll never get to the bottom of it. China's had 18 months to, to destroy this evidence. But make no doubt about it. China is guilty. They are culpable. They knew they had a coronavirus. They knew they had a deadly pandemic-type virus in Wuhan. They didn't allow flights out of Wuhan to the rest of China, but they let, let that virus infect the entire world. So we already know China's guilty. We already know they had to be held account, to account. I think we also need to hold the news media and the social media accountable as well. This isn't the only area of suppression. I I could list a long list of false narratives, false stories, that the drive-by media promotes and then never really adequately retracts. But when it comes to COVID, I have personal experience with censorship and suppression that I believe has cost tens of thousands of Americans their lives. The NIH guidelines as it relates to treatment of COVID remains a compassionless guideline to to basically do nothing. Go home, isolate yourself, be afraid. And if you just happen to get sick enough where you have to check yourself in the hospital, check yourself in the hospital, maybe we can save your life. I held two hearings on early treatment. Dr. Peter McCulloch laid out the four pillars of pandemic response. The first one is try and stop the spread. Well, China is guilty of not doing that. The second pillar is early treatment. Basically, how we apply medicine to every other condition early detection, early treatment. Then in hospital treatment, and finally, vaccine. Why did our health agencies, why did Anthony Fauci, why did the mainstream media suppress and censor doctors who had the courage and compassion to treat patients early with cheap generic? repurposed drugs. Why did that happen? There is growing evidence. It's not being reported on by the media. Mexico's having great success with ivermectin. Certain provinces in India are having great success with ivermectin. Where's reporting on that? We've seen studies where 50 to 85 percent of lives could have been saved. It prevents that much death. Apply that percentage to the 600,000 Americans that lost their lives. Which is why I believe the news media will never admit their complicity and why they will never admit they were wrong here. But it's not too late. Lives can be saved. We're still going to need early treatment. No matter how effective a vaccine is, no matter how effective uh, immunity from having been infected is, other people will get infected. Other people are going to need early treatment. So I am begging, I am imploring the media pay attention to people like Dr. Corey, Dr. Peter McCulloch, the other doctors have the courage and compassion to treat patients. It's not too late, we need to start and really robustly explore early treatment now.
4: And finally, Senator Wicker, who joins me in holding big tech accountable and dealing with Section 230
2: and censorship. Thank you, uh, Senator Blackburn and, and others. The the last quarter of a century has, has seen uh, enormous growth In the internet, and uh, much of it's been positive, as we all know. But uh, the result of uh, this quarter century has been that it has allowed a handful of um, internet big tech platforms to grow enormously large, enormously rich, and enormously powerful to the point where they decide what is the news. They decide. What information the public is going to get and what information is going to be blocked, and uh, and and it's not just the Wuhan virus, which is an outrage, as as my colleagues have just described. Um, we c- we could cite chapter and verse, uh, time and time and time again about these big platforms deciding what we will hear and what we can't hear. So let me just. Let me just help out by saying Senator Johnson is right, and I will cite a few examples. Google threatened to cut off several conservative websites, including the Federalist. How do they have the power to do that? How can they justify doing that? Companies restrict or terminate conservative users' accounts and content on social media. Facebook announced it's suspending the account of a former president of the United States. That is too much power for them to decide who can and who cannot make news and be quoted. Twitter removed, Twitter moved to censor any coronavirus coverage that they thought in their judgment might cause widespread panic. How does a multi-rich, powerful internet platform get to make that decision and I could go on and on and on. That's why I've joined with senators like Senator Blackburn in, uh, in trying to correct the, two thir- the Section 230 gaps, but also why I'm introducing legislation to, to make it clear that these large internet tech platforms cannot discriminate based on their own opinions and based on what they think the public should and should not be allowed to hear. This is a serious, grave threat to freedom and the open exchange of ideas under our Constitution, and I'm glad to stand with these members on this task.
4: Thank you all. As you can see, it, this is something that is going to span several committees here in the U.S. Senate. It is our job to get to the bottom of what happened and then to bring forward remedies like Senator Wicker has just laid out. Got a question? Thank you. So the EU and G7 have called for an investigation into um, whether or not
7: this was a coupon lab. I'm wondering do you think an international approach is? To investigate this
4: going forward, or what I think the standing committees of the U.S. Senate should take the lead. We are pleased that our allies are also joining us and saying this needs to be investigated. It is obvious that something was not right. It is of concern that the WHO decided that they were going to let the Communist Chinese tell them when and how they could approach this lab and that we had to wait for months.
7: And then also, um, I saw your release yesterday about firing Dr. Fauci. Can you just
4: talk a little bit about that? Sure, I think that uh, it is appropriate that Dr. Fauci step aside from his responsibilities at the NIAID and that he make himself available to Congress to find out exactly How was he in cahoots with Mark Zuckerberg and Big Tech? Uh, What transpired there? Uh, Did the American people hear some truth, but not the whole truth and nothing but the truth? Why was there not timeliness of uh, acknowledgement of concerns around the lab? Why was there not more of a concern around uh, Wuhan? saying you cannot go anywhere else in China, or the Chinese Communist Party saying you can go nowhere else in China if you're from Ube Province or you're from Wuhan, but you can travel the globe everywhere but China. These are things that, now look, we've got three and a half million people that have lost their life. Three and a half million people. We have hundreds of thousands of American families who have experienced loss of life in their families, to loved ones, to friends. We have loss of livelihood for hundreds of millions. We have children, precious children, that have just experienced loss of learning for a year, loss of socialization that are showing emotional problems. And Dr. Fauci is funded by the U.S. taxpayer. And the taxpayer is saying, What did you do with our dollar? Thank you all so much.
1: Boom. What can you say to that, my friends? I would say that the narrative that Phil Tank uh, is so involved in is quite literally unraveling around him. The US Senate is all over Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci is finished. He is absolutely finished. Now, people like me that have said Dr. Fauci needs to be tried and likely executed for his role in the creation, um, the experiments to gain a function, and the suppression of cures to to his creation. um, All three of these major points. Uh, Dr. Fauci is basically responsible for the deaths of a lot of Americans, 600,000 Americans roughly. How about Dr. Tranny Tam in Canada? Was Dr. Tranny Tam privy to all this information? Did she know about all this? How about How about Justin Idiot? Did he know about all this? Is he involved? Um, we are talking about the complete unraveling of the whole pandemic narrative. That is what is happening right now. Make no mistake. It is all f- f- unraveling quicker than we can even... Uh, Quicker than we can even pick it up. So what I'm covering right now is just a portion. But you're seeing open stories like we covered today about what is actually happening. We're starting to see the numbers. We're starting to see that the vaccine is very, 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 very dangerous. Do not get that fucking vaccine. I don't know how many times I have to say it, and yet I still know people that are getting it. Regardless... It's all a part of this whole elaborate plan, scheme to, well, number one, they release the virus and then they they created the problem and then they created the solution. Where have we seen that before? This is their playbook. They do all the time, all the time. And yet people are still rolling up their sleeves and getting a jab from the very same people that created the virus. It blows my mind. It absolutely blows my mind that uh, that it's still happening. So, you know that it's just you know that's what I'm going to call this episode. The narrative is unraveling. They can no longer hide the fact that this was all a pandemic. Every stage of this was planned. Every stage of it. Now heads need to roll. People need to be held accountable. In my province, my Premier Scott Moe has been pushing this vaccine non-stop. Non-stop. He is playing a role in this narrative. He is guilty. He is complicit. I have no sympathy for Scott Moe. I have no sympathy for the health uh, the Saskatchewan Health, all the way up to the federal level, and neither should any of you for your particular province, all these people are complicit and guilty of being involved in this conspiracy. No longer are we going to be censored now you heard you heard the senators uh mention that they're going after big tech they are amending they're going to seal the holes. In uh, section 230 of the Internet uh, Decency Act. So, what does that mean? That means that um, Facebook running around and censoring you and me for saying things like pandemic and it's all a hoax, they are going to be held accountable for that. They are not a publisher. They are a social media platform. Right now they are acting like a publisher that can just strip out anything they don't like. That's what they're doing right now. And they are not a publisher. Once they get this passed, once the American Senate gets this passed, I wonder if it's going to go backwards. So are they going to be held accountable for every time they censored truth? If you can actually prove what you were saying was true and you were censored, can you slap Facebook with a lawsuit? I know I will. You bet your bottom dollar I will. And I warned them. I warned them. And every time that they they, um, banned me or censored or pulled one of my posts, I told them, you guys are in violation of my freedom of speech and my rights, my freedom of expression. And you're abusing gray areas in Section 230 of the Internet Decency Act. And I'm fully aware of it. And I'm keeping records of this. So... It's unraveling, my friends. It's an exciting time to be alive. Um, I'm glad to be back on the air. I hope this—I uh, hope this episode comes through without too much uh, distortion. For some reason, I can't get a grip on the, the volume on this computer, so I'll try and amend it uh, a little bit when I do the editing. But uh, hopefully, it's uh, easy to understand and. And uh, like I said, I'm just glad to have been able to spend uh, the better part of an hour with you guys and be back on the air. I should have my normal system back up and running, I'm hoping, tomorrow. So I'm going to try and kick out a couple shows, bang, bang, because right now there is just so much stuff to cover, and I'm a week behind already. So uh, this will just be kind of the catch-up show of, of everything that I have kind of been looking at and everything that you guys have been sending me. And uh, and then what we'll try and do is just keep up with the the current, uh, current news and maybe bang off another one, maybe even Friday. Um, I don't think it'll be tomorrow, but, uh, <clears throat> anyway, thank you so much everybody for your patience through this, uh, this tech hiccup that I was going through. And, uh, if you want to reach out to me, you can find me on Facebook of all places. Oh yes. Old, old, uh, fascist book. It's Canadian Patriot Radio. Uh, find the page and then hit the message button and you can talk directly to me. Uh, if you prefer email, it's Canadian Patriot Radio at gmail.com. And my personal favorite is the Telegram page. There's always a con- there's a constant conversation being had on Telegram, so I'm encouraging everybody, all the listeners, to get over there. Uh, it's t.me/CanadianPatriotRadio. Um, <clears throat> join the join the chat, and what I'll do is um, I will I will uh, set you up as an administrator so you can post, comment, uh, do everything like that. So I'm paying attention to it every day. Uh, I want to see more and more people there. Um, there's good information being posted all the time there by you guys. Um, you guys know who you are and myself. So join the conversation. Like I said, it's 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 a continual conversation. What we're trying to do on that page is we are trying to uh, dig and get as much information that we can, which reminds me, little tidbit of information. Remember how I was saying, you know, so my Ontario buddies know that Doug Ford's wealth went from what 1 million to 50 million uh in the last in just in 2020. He jumped what 40, 40 some odd million dollars guess where Scott Moe's estimated um, estimated net worth is now? Scott Moe makes $163,000 a year, my friends, and his net worth is estimated to be at about $5 million. How did that happen? How did that happen? He's only been in office, like Brad Wall was halfway through his term and then he stepped down. And so then, um, then Scott Moe jumped in. So He's had, what, two years, maybe maybe three years, and all of a sudden his net worth is now estimated to be at $5 million? How did that happen, my friends? Little head scratch going on in the background. I can tell you how it happened. <laughs> I'm guessing Scott Moe has taken payouts to push a vaccine agenda. Now, I'm speculating, but it's just very strange to see someone that makes $163,000 a year all of a sudden jump to an estimated, now I gotta say estimated because I don't it's that's all it is. The all the information I could get on him so far is an estimate of his net worth. So I could be wrong, take it with a grain of salt, but very strange, isn't it? 163000 dollars a year, five million? Hmm. There you go, my friends. Anyway, let me finish off. Uh if you do not like if you do not like Telegram, email, uh, or Facebook you can find our webpage it's canadianpatriotradio.ca um, there is a message uh, message buttons on the bottom you can uh, go ahead and tell me whatever you want if you like the show you hate the show if you have stuff you want to share with the show you can uh, send links to me that way as well uh, use that the newest the latest show is always up on the website so feel free to uh, to find the latest shows on the website keep keep it uh, bookmarked and and find us that way Anyway, my friends, uh, that is the end of this episode. So thank you so much for your patience through the uh, tech hiccups that we had this week. And until next time, with all thy sons, command. joining us for another episode of canadian patriot radio cpr is not filmed before a live studio audience if you like the show friends make sure you give us a thumbs up and share us on all your social media platforms until next time take care